Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. For you've heard my servant say unto you that there has been resistance against this house. For there's been no other house on this island in which the intensity of resistance has been at the level as it has in this house. And many have come and enjoyed with joy that which was going on. But when the level of that resistance showed up in their lives, they had to go. They could not stay, for their faith was not where it should be. But you have stayed, and you have fought, and you have rejoiced in the midst of even gross darkness. And you've lifted up a standard that you have not violated nor compromised. Therefore, the breaking of that resistance is upon you. The crushing of that which is trying to stop the momentum of all that I desire in and through this house. For you've continued to give. You've continued to speak and preach and prophesy. You've continued to go to the nations of the world. And surely it's been said that the house is bigger on the outside than the inside. But the inside is fixing to change. And all the desire of this house shall be realized. And that building shall rise, not only as a monument to that which you have stood for, but to that which I desire to do in your midst. For even as you enter into that new building with rejoicing and thanksgiving in your heart, it will stand as a 16 to 17 year monument of those that would not quit, would not back off, and would not give in, but would stand in that which God said to do. And even though the crowd shall come, and many shall rejoice in this place, in that place, the remnant of this place shall have a special bond of those which stood, believed, and would not give up. So rejoice. The breaking of that opposition is upon you as a corporate body and upon you as a family and an individual. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. Woo, glory to God. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'll do that. I'll do that. The Lord just spoke to me. He said, now have that printed and read that in every service from now till New Year's Eve celebration. Read it in every service. Amen. Isn't God good? Don't you love the Lord? One more time. Lift your hands and worry. What a wonderful presence of the Lord here. Oh, we glorify you, Father. Oh, we worship you in your presence, Father. We glorify you in your presence, Lord. We magnify your holy name. We exalt and glorify you, Lord. We exalt and glorify you. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord and greatly to be worshipped. Great is the Lord who sits on the throne of majesty on high. Great is the Lord in whom angels worship and the saints of old adore. Great is the Lord worshipped on heaven and in earth. Great is the Lord. For He is the Lord. He is the God of Island Church. We love you, Lord Jesus. We glorify your name. Hallelujah, God. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Praise the Lord. 
Studying the subject of redemption here, I will just take a few minutes and back to the, uh, the verse that we, we read when I was here last, Isaiah chapter 7. Now today, I don't know how far we'll get into it. We're going to study the incarnation of God. The word incarnation means to clothe with flesh. Everybody say clothe with flesh. Now, let me make this statement. From this point on, as we begin to go deeper into the subject of redemption, one of the great blessings of God is that through this process, He shows us how these things work. You say, now what things are these? These are the things that, that God does, what He does, and how He does it. Now what's unique about that is He allows His children to handle what He does and how He does it. Now we don't have great exhaustive explanation of all of that. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 that by faith we understand or that God imparts unto us through His Word an understanding. Now these understandings are going to begin to be built on the foundations of what we have who we are, and what we can do in Christ Jesus, and seeing ourselves in Him. And as we begin to study the incarnation, the earth ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, what happened from the cross to the throne, and then who we are, what we have, and what we can do in Christ, these realities, these truths, are designed to produce an identity change in you. Everybody say identity change. Because it's only based upon that identity change that you can have faith. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you have to see yourself as God sees you. Uh, let me just say, God doesn't see you as a, a poor old sinner saved by grace. That's why we say that so much. God sees you as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He sees you. When He looks at Jesus, that's the way He sees you. Amen. He doesn't see you as a sick person trying to be healed. He sees you as a healed person. Using the Word of God, your faith, the anointings of God, the giftings of God to drive away sickness and disease out of your body. He doesn't see you as poor trying to get rich. You're part of a royal family. There's no broke royalty on the earth. And I got good news. There's no broke royalty in heaven. Amen. So He's designed a plan in His Word of tithing and offering and giving in which you appropriate that which you need upon the earth to do that which, is, which God has called you to do and to live a lifestyle in such a way that people see the blessing of God upon your life. He wants you to have abundance, but He not only wants you to have abundance, He wants abundance to come through you. I like to say it like this, to you and through you. Amen. He wants you to have continual joy. He wants life to be a joy. A lot of people just paint uh, the picture of Christianity of being some mundane, uh, boring uh, 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 life and lifestyle. Let me tell you what. It's the most glorious lifestyle anybody can live on this earth and it produces more joy than anything else. Amen? So all of these factors must come into play. So as we teach this, I'm going to go slow. I'm going to try my best not to, you know, try to preach fire hydrant meetings. You say, what do you mean like that? You know, like trying to get a drink of water out of a fire hydrant. I can always tell when people are getting frustrated, they just close their, their, their notebook and say, I'll get the CD. Well, we'll try not to do that, amen. As I gather a few more years, I'm trying to change my preaching, teaching style so that you'll get it. Everybody say, get it. Yeah. Now, here in this scripture, in Isaiah 7, 
it says uh, there in verse, uh, let me see, you know what I did today? That's because these words got so blurry. I had to do that in Africa because they didn't have any light in that building, so I borrowed some, uh, some cheaters. Amen. Verse 14, Isaiah chapter 7. Now notice this. It says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Everybody say Emmanuel. Which we know that means God with us. But now listen to the concept. Now listen to this. A virgin shall conceive. Now listen, that's unheard of. But not only shall a virgin conceive, she shall bear a child. Amen. Now let me, let me help you. This, should, this only happened one time and it will not happen again. You say, why do you say that? Because there's crazy people out there. I had one in one of my Bible school classes up at, over to Abundant Life when I taught Bible school over there. And man, Pastor Hallam tried to correct her and everybody else tried to correct her. And she actually got a big belly. The doctor diagnosed her with a false pregnancy because she thought she's going to conceive by the word of God. No, didn't happen. Now the concept of this is supernatural. But the precept of the way this happened is applicable to the Christian life and to the Christian experience. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, there are things as a believer you can have a conception of in your spirit beyond the natural way of receiving or having that. Say, Pastor, I think I need to go to Oral Roberts University to Rama Bible Training College. I think I need to go to Christ for the Nations and every other Bible college in the country so I can just get a revelation of righteousness. Well, why don't you just let God put a conception of it in your heart? Amen. Save you a lot of time, effort, and money. Because you could go through all those courses and all those classes and still not understand it. But the Bible says the Word of God will give you an understanding of that. You can have a conception of that. That's what happened to me years ago when I first came to the Lord. I didn't have any idea that God could remove the guilt and the shame and all the, all the, all the garbage that I'd gotten into for so many years. I thought it would take me years to rid myself of that. But what happened was is I got into the teaching on redemption and that teaching of redemption caused my identity to change. And it took a process. It took some time. But as it happened, I no longer saw myself in the shadow of my mistakes. I saw myself in the light of what God had done for me in Christ Jesus. So a virgin shall conceive. Now, go to Luke chapter 1. But, but hold your finger there in Luke chapter 1. And I want you to look at a portion of Scripture in Philippians. This just kind of came to me as I was meditating back in the office before service. Philippians chapter 2. And I don't want to go into all of this, but, but I think this will help us as we come into the understanding of, of what this is all about. Chapter 2. And I want us to look at it there in verse, uh, verse 6. Now this speaks of Jesus. It says, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but now notice verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Now look at that phrase. And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Did you see that? Now, one of the most unique revelations of the Word of God 
is that the Word of God had the ability to take on entity. Everybody say entity. Now, it's, it's not explained, but it's given to us by revelation and understanding in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that down in verse 14 it says, And the Word was made flesh. Now you say, now how can that be? How can the Word be made flesh? Well, the Word was made flesh by the Word always being existent with God, being with Him forever as long as God has been God, just like the Spirit has always been together with God. But that Word part of God, at one point in time, the Bible says, in the fullness of time, stepped into another dimension. That Word was clothed with flesh. Now that's, listen, compared to the knowledge of man, the knowledge of God is pretty big. Amen? I mean, I mean, when I get into the Word of God and see things by the Spirit, sometimes you th see things spiritually like in a flash and you have a, a revelation or an understanding of it and you recognize and realize the knowledge of God, uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's like our knowledge is like a BB uh, rolling down an eight-lane highway compared to God's knowledge being as big as the universe. And it's amazing when the knowledge of God is given to man. That's why it's so important to be born again and to be filled with the Holy Ghost because only with the capacity of the Spirit of God abiding and empowering you can you have an understanding of these truths. They are not facts. They are truths. Facts are subject to change. Truth is forever settled in heaven. Amen? So I, I wrote this down. An entity, let me read it again. An entity is something that is independent, self-contained, and exists. Now let me say that again. An entity is something that is self-contained, independent, and it exists. Now, you say, why do you say that? Well, because a lot of religion out there believes God is God. He's in the trees. He's in a baby's cry. He's in, a, he's in the sunset. He's in the sunrise. He's in a beautiful song. He's in a waterfall. Well, you know, all right, I'll give you that. But God is so much more than that. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost are, are, are a living entity independent of anything else that consists and exists within itself, which makes, which makes God unique in all creation and that He has the ability to separate those entities. You say, how do you know that? God the Father's on the throne in heaven right now. The Son, or the Word of God, came to the earth for 33 and a half years. The part of God that is the Spirit, where is He? He's not in the Father. He's not in the Son. He's in you forever. Amen? Amen? You say, explain that. Won't even try. I won't even try. You have to receive that by faith. God, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is the very Spirit or essence of God in its independent entity that has moved in to find a place of habitation in you. One of the great realities of who we are in Christ. It's not religion. Listen, religion is, is man reaching up to God and, and, and always coming up short. But 
But redemption is God reaching down to man and encompassing man and bringing him to himself and then depositing into that fallen man the divine nature of himself. A complete download of deity has happened to you when you got born again. Oh my goodness, we could just stop there and shout. Now go to Luke chapter 1. We've done this, we've, I've taught this all over the world and preached this, but we're coming at, at it not from the side of change or faith. We're coming at it uh, for the incarnation or the clothing with the flesh. Now what's unique about this is that the concept or the precept of a virgin conceiving and the way it happened is still relevant to us as believers. The Virgin Mary had to receive the Word. Amen. The Virgin Mary had to receive the Word. The reproductive process of God reproducing Himself in the physical womb of Mary did not happen on the level of humanity. Did not happen through that. There was nothing sexual about that. But there was something supernatural about that. And the process itself, even though resisted at first, encompassed not only the Word of God that had been spoken all the way since Genesis, but also the power and the ability of the Holy Spirit, to, to, I like to say it like this, to open the womb of the Spirit and make it fertile. You say, what do you mean by that? All of us have a place in us in which conception can take place by the Word of God. Amen. And that place is either fertile through our yielding to God and desiring that Word to be in us and to live through us, or it's not fertile because we've closed ourselves to it. Amen. Now, now, now notice this in verse... Uh, Let's begin this in verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Now, I love the word virgin in the Greek. The word virgin in the Greek means pure by choice. Amen? I mean, you can make a decision in your own heart in the spirit realm to be pure by choice. To not let yourself be tainted by, by religious opinion, by, by, by all this, you know, clutter. You know, I, 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 let me just say this. I think it'll help some of you. You know, some of you need to, to, to get off the internet as much as you're on the internet. You know, start watching. Be, be careful of all the, the, the stuff that is, because a lot of that stuff's not of God. Amen. A lot, of it, a lot of it is not of God. There's a lot of criticism. There's a lot of, there's a lot of goofy things on there. I mean, all kinds of craziness is going on all over the world. But we need to, move to, to, to remain pure by choice. I was teaching some things here at the church a couple of years ago on prosperity. So I thought I'd go look on the internet over some of the things that, are, uh, that were said about it. And I wish I'd have never done it. I wish I'd have never done it. You say, why? Because it was terrible. It was horrible what, about what many people say about not what we believe, but about what the Word of God says. Amen? He said, a preacher just trying to get rich. Well, some of them may be, but we're not. We're trying to reach the world, a, a dying, hurting, fallen world. We're doing our best to reach it with this message of Jesus and His love. Amen? Now notice, to a virgin, pure by choice, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now both Joseph and Mary were of the house of David, which fulfills the, the, the prophecy that was said. And the angel came into her and said, everybody say, and said. 
Now notice there's got to be a speaking. And said, Hail thou that are highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed, that word blessed is empowered. Blessed art thou among women. Now notice verse 29. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Uh, first part of the next verse. And the angel said unto her, Fear not. Now, this happens all the time with us. When God is wanting to bring conception of revelation to our hearts, the first place we many times try to receive it is in our mind. What does that mean? What does that mean? You take a religious person that comes in that's been taught their whole life. In order to get to heaven, you've got to do good. And then the day you die, you'll go to heaven. You'll be put on a great scale. Uh, you'll be in the middle and your works, your good works will be on one side. Your bad works will be on the other. And hopefully your good works will outweigh your bad works. Well, and then they come to Island Church and hear, that doesn't mean nothing. That's religion and not the Word of God. The Bible says you must be born again. And they think, what? What does that even mean? You need to get saved. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? You must be born again. Well, we've taught you all all these years about how that literally means you need a new birth. Your first birth puts you into the human family. We studied what happened to the human family. The human family is cursed. The human family has fallen. You say, well, what about all these rich people and all these... The Bible says don't get your eyes in at least a half a dozen places throughout the Bible, it says if you observe the riches and the wickedness of the world and its system, you will literally be deceived by that which God is doing in the earth. Or you will be, see, be deceived from that which God is doing in the earth. So what about all those people? Most of them, that's the only heaven they'll ever know. Unless they get saved or born again. But that, that human family, black family, white family, Hispanic, Asian, you name it, the human family, fallen, cursed, needed to be redeemed in order that a new family might exist on the earth called the family of God. Well, remember years ago when we were teaching that, we called it God's love children. That's what we are. We are God's children birthed out of His love. So this process began all the way back after the fall. Genesis 3 verse 15, The seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. Now from that point on, Scripture after Scripture, things Moses said, things Joshua said, things the judges said, things David said, things Solomon said, Isaiah said, Jeremiah said, the minor prophet said, all of them spoke words having to do with this event that's happening right here. Those words they were speaking about the prophet that would come, about the one that would bear the sins of the world, about the one that would die and be pierced, all through the Psalms, all through the prophets. Those are the entity and the essence of the Word of God. Did you get that? They are the entity and the essence of the Word of God. So the angel Gabriel brings all this entity, entity and all this essence to this one that is pure by choice. Amen? And he says to her, Hail, thou that are highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, he didn't say anything about Jesus being conceived in her womb right there. He didn't say anything about redemption right there. What he was doing is he was showing her how God sees her. Amen? You must understand 
redemptive revelation in your heart begins with a revelation of how God sees you. God sees you as washed in the blood. God sees your sins remitted. God knows nothing about your past mistakes. God calls you a new creature. God calls you the righteousness of God in Christ. God calls you more than a conqueror. God calls you an overcomer. God calls you rich. God calls you healed. God calls you blessed. You ought to be more excited than that. Because this is the God that God that called the earth into existence, and it exists. This is the God that called the sun to shine, and it shines. This is the God that called the stars to hang in the sky, and they hang in the sky. This is the God that causes the moon to rise, and the moon rises. He calls you blessed and calls you a child of God. So he begins the process by showing Mary. Now here's how God sees you, Mary. God sees you blessed. God sees you highly favored, and he is with you. And all of a sudden... She begins to be afraid because she cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Now, we do that all the time. Amen? I mean, uh, one of the favorite subjects that people cast in their mind what manner of salutation this should be is tithing. Amen? I mean, a, a minister or myself, someone else gets up, takes the Word of God, opens it up, opens it up to Genesis, shows the origin of it, shows, shows you different ones in the Bible of the Old Covenant that tithe, shows you a uh, revelation about Melchizedek, shows you Abraham tithing unto him, shows you all this different stuff, goes over to Hebrew, says men here on earth receive tithes, but he that lives forever in heaven receives it. And then all of a sudden we explain to you, tithing is 10% of your gross income. Does not belong to you. If you keep it unto yourself, it's cursed. But you give it unto the Lord, it's, you're blessed. And and it will cause your seed to be planted in the good soil of your heart. But just flipping money into the band as it goes by does not do you any good. You must tie that offer. Tithing prepares the soil through obedience and offering plants the seed so you can have a harvest. So you do the math. Amen. You add it up. And it doesn't add up. So all of a sudden what comes? Fear comes. I don't ever get mad at people that don't tithe. Because people don't tithe, people do not not tithe out of rebellion. They do it out of fear. Man, if I give 10% of my income, man, I could put that in a CD. I could buy a gold coin. I could do this. I could do that. And your mind and the devil and the world system that we're so indoctrinated with fights everything about that precept. And we cast in our mind what manner of salutation this should be. What in the world is this guy trying to tell me? Especially if you come in to Island Church with a financial problem. And we're not writing you a check. We're wanting you to write one. (laughs) Amen. So fear rises up. Everybody say fear. Fear. Now always recognize when fear rises up, when the word is taught, God is trying to get something over to you that will change your life. He's trying to cause a conception to take place in the womb of your spirit of something that will bring forth the fruit of the word of God out of your life. This is exactly what's going on here. Now notice what this angel does. Notice there in verse uh, 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, that hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. 
The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Everybody say no end. Now notice this, verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, when the angel saw that Mary was afraid and was in fear, he began to present to her more word, more word, more word. Amen? Now, let's stay in church. Don't get, don't get your mind twisted. But conception takes place through exposure. I'm going to marry my wife, and she's going to move to Dallas, and I'm going to live in Galveston. And we're just going to trust God to have a child. No, you're going to have to come together, and there's going to have to be some exposure. Do y'all get that? Amen. Therefore, we must understand whenever there is opposition to conception in your heart, what you need is more and more and more exposure. Because the more exposure you can get, the greater your capacity to conceive is. So listen, some of you are not walking in prosperity right now. You just, not have, you just haven't had a conception of it. And what really bothers me as a pastor is those people that come and actually tithe and offer and give and really has never had a financial breakthrough because they're just doing it in obedience to God, but they have no revelation of what they're doing. That's why the Word of God is so important. Why are you tithing? Well, because Pastor Rusty says so. No, don't do it because of that. You do it because you've had a conception of the Word in your heart. You understand because I obey God now, the devourer is rebuked. The windows of heaven are open. God pours out a blessing that I can't live. If I live 500 years, I can't contain it. It'll touch my children, my children's children, my grandchildren for generations to come. I don't know why we got off on tithing, but it's easy for people to understand sometimes. Amen. And therefore, based on that, oh, you joyfully do it. Then you understand, now I can sow, I can give glory to God. I can sow into those missions, sow into the church building. I can do this, I can do that. And you begin to have an understanding of it. And based on that understanding, faith rises up. Now the good soil of your heart is fertile. You plant the seed of the Word of God. You watch over it with all of your heart. It rises up and then you have an understanding of harvest. Why would you have an understanding of harvest before it comes? There's no need. God waits for it. And it's the same way with healing. I see people struggle and struggle and struggle with healing. And listen, we'll do everything we can do to minister to the, the anointing to you. But healing is not God's best. Divine health is God's best. Wherever something that comes against your body, you fight it off in Jesus' name. Amen? So, more word, more word, more word, more word. And her response is, well, how should this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, her mind was set or geared to natural reproduction. Now let me say that. I'll close with this. My time's up. Her mind or mindset was set to natural reproduction or the way things are done. Now let me help you with this. In the incarnation of Christ, in His conception in her carrying that child in her womb and in his birth. It was not the way man does it. 
It's the way God does it. Are you with me? And so much of what is in the Word of God is not adherent to natural laws. Prosperity, healing, deliverance, joy and peace, righteousness in our heart does not line up with natural laws. A lot of people think, well, if I could just get everything I want, I have joy. That's not necessarily true. There's a lot of people that do have everything they want and they don't have any joy at all. Amen? A lot of people think, well, if I just be good, I'll have confidence that I'll go to heaven. And they don't have any confidence. I, I, I asked a man one time, I said, how do you know you'll go? I asked him, if, if you were to die, do you know that you'll go to heaven? And he made this statement to me, I hope so. And I said, we can't stand, we can't, we can't, we can't have that. We have to have an I know so. So I helped him go from I hope so to I know so. Amen? You say, why? Because there are things in the Word of God that help you despite the natural way of doing things. God says there's the natural way and then there's my way. And when you do things the natural way, what you're going to get is natural results. But when you do things my way, what you're going to get is my results are supernatural results. Amen. 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 I marveled at Brother Egan talking to him at his, at his basically just raw faith. Just raw faith. I mean, he travels in the States for a couple of months, has some partners, people that give it to his ministry. But basically, he's just lived by faith. And the story of it, and to see it now after 44 years, 45 years of it in that nation of Africa is mind-blowing. And what makes the ministry such a witness is everybody that views it knows God did this. Amen. There's no way a man or mankind or some corporation or somebody's great deep pockets, it had to be God. And it's got to be God not only to have it here, but to keep it going and to keep it running. And every day is a greater and greater testimony of the provision of the way God does things through supernatural reproduction. And God in the incarnation or the clothing of the flesh is supernaturally reproducing himself in the person of the babe Jesus that gets born and we celebrate Christmas. But so are you also a product of that reproductive process which was culminated in his death, burial, and resurrection, which opened the door for salvation or the new birth when you are now a child of God. Because children only come by reproduction. I said children only come by reproduction and you are a product of not the natural reproduction process. That is the product that puts you into Adam's family. You are a product of a supernatural reproduction process that puts you in Christ or into the kingdom. Amen? You love the Lord? Well, we'll pick this up next week. Anybody liking this? Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Oh, my, 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 we thank you that he came that he took on the entity of a human being, that he lived on the earth and died on a cross. And now we are in him, Christ in us, the hope of glory. What a message. What a message. What a message to live in. What a way to live upon the earth. As we teach this and go deeper into the revelation of redemption, you'll do one of two things. 
at some point you'll either close yourself off to it and just, you know, kind of stay the same. Or you're going to allow this thing to do something in you to the point, to the point that its real intention manifests in your life. You say, what is its real intention? Its real intention is for you also to be the seed, for others to be saved. That means your mouth will open and tell others about Jesus. You'll not be shy, intimidated. There'll be a boldness upon you. And because of that, everywhere you go, everything that you do, you'll be looking for an opportunity. You won't just be hanging around thinking a chance opportunity may happen here or there. I hope I recognize it when I see it. You'll be looking for opportunities. You'll be making opportunities. You'll do everything you can do to share the gospel with people so that they too can be born again. I was in the airport in Amsterdam and gave away my sun. I gave away everything I had when I was in Africa. I gave away my sunglasses, so I was looking for a new pair of sunglasses. And so I was, this young man came over and was helping me. And as I was talking to him, you know, he's, I could tell he wasn't from Amsterdam. And, and uh, so he, I found a pair that I liked, and so I was, he was bringing me over to the, to the cash register to check me out. And I said, uh, I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from the Philippines. I said, where? He said, Manila. I said, really? I said, Alabong? He said, yeah. I said, you know New Life? Yes. That's Pastor Paul and Shadi. What's amazing about that is that ministry is so expansive, you can't hardly talk to anybody in that Alabong area, which is thousands and millions of people that don't know who New Life is. You say, why? Because they are the, the, the people in that area that take this message and push it out there. You must be born again. Jesus came to this earth. Not so that we can have pretty trees and poinsettias and, and put lights on our house. He came that you might have life and that you might have it in abundance. Amen. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your presence. As we leave today, as is our tradition, we claim the protection and safety afforded us. We declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We as your servants walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. Thank you, Father, as we travel on the highways, the air, airways, the railways, the seaways, any other way of travel or transportation. We are blessed and protected. Thank you, Father, as we handle the righteous resource you've given us. In our jobs, our careers, wherever we may go, whatever we may do, we're not subject to accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Lord, during this Christmas season, thank you, especially in our families, our loved ones, our co-workers. There's a great door of utterance open for us. Let us boldly proclaim and preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to them. Let us be a blessing to people, an answer to their prayer, a problem to the adversary, and a miracle in someone's life. Lord, as we leave today, we love you so much. We walk in faith and love towards you, for you are a mighty God. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.